The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, the Bears did what they had to do. They defeated the Carolina Panthers, keeping them at one win and the hopes of the number one pick alive. How did you enjoy your Bears free weekend after they secured a victory on Thursday night? It, it was a nice, you know, it's always nice uh, when the Bears play on Thursday. I, I don't like Thursday night games. But then after it's over and after the dust has settled, it's like, okay, I, I, now I can enjoy a Sunday, just relax. I didn't have to do too much writing, obviously. I don't have to do any prep work. It's just pretty much just relax, watch the games, and then uh, just just enjoy the fam a little bit. Yeah, kind of behind the scenes a little bit. When you have the condensed week, you have to still do the same requisite number of articles, but yeah. you have less time to do it. And so everything's yeah. kind of jammed in together. And then all of a sudden, you do have a couple extra days. and. It's almost like you're so used to going so fast. You're like, what do I do? What is it yeah. that I'm supposed to do if I don't have to like go write something? So that is nice. It's a little break for us too. I enjoyed a nice three-day weekend. We had Friday off. Um, stayed up late talking to Bill. So I probably would have needed to take Friday off anyway, but right. I had that off as a as a state holiday. And so that was a that was a nice uh, a nice way to spend a weekend. I didn't actually watch much football at all. I decided to try to take touch some grass, as they say, and and go out and enjoy the day. Uh, beautiful weather. And so uh, that was nice. But about the Bears, let's get back about to this Bears, yeah. scintillating 16 to 13 victory. And every week we start in the trenches with our trench tribute. Uh, who you got this week, man? You know, I got two written down. Uh, just just out of habit here. But but I liked what I saw from Braxton Jones. This was his uh, his first full game back. I know the the first time back he kind of did some split some time with Larry Borum. You know, Braxton Jones though he he kind of showed a little bit what we had hoped to see from him. The nice thing here he had no penalties this game, which is uh, he's kind of been dinged up by the penalties early on in, in this season. Uh, no penalties. I thought he played good. You know, he's just a a very athletic left tackle you know he, he's got some some warts in his game obviously he's not the the high traffic but I, I think he's quality you know I, I i was excited to watch him and watch the development coming into this season uh like i said the penalties hurt him early you know but now if he can kind of settle in he's got a few games here you know i know there was a lot of talk about the bears there's like two left tackle prospects that are up there in the draft that the bears could ha- have a chance at and I think that if Jones shows he's the guy, that's uh, Bears can go a different direction. 
it'd be really nice if they didn't have to go off and get a, a left tackle with one of those premium picks that they're slated to to select with in the first round. Maybe use that on another wide receiver. There's a lot of excitement in this wide receiver class. It'd be nice if the Bears can bring in somebody like that. And you're allowed to do that if you think you've got the the tackle position figured out. And I think the the, the penalty issue when we're talking about that, the pre-snap penalty stuff, like the false starts. You know, your your tackles are going to get false starts from time to time, particularly on the road. That just is what it is. It's a product of a loud stadium and all that. Too many, right? Like there, there's been too many from him. But overall, like there's a little bit of that that you, you have to accept. That the holding, I think, is is probably more so the penalties that need to be cut down. And and I think he can get there. That's that's just the technique thing that you know over time, uh, you know, knowing when to release and particularly if you're blocking for a guy scrambling like Justin Fields that that can be part of it too you have to know when to let go uh but but yes he's got another half season to to showcase what he can do and if he can show that he could be you know a solid left tackle that really uh on a very reasonable fifth round (laughs) uh, rookie contract right that really is surplus value for the Bears and you need players like that to provide that surplus value so that you can go out and spend money on uh, quality veterans to come in and, and fill some of those other roles that you have to pay full price for, <clears throat> including my trench tribute of the week, who the Bears paid full freight plus maybe a little bit of a tip to acquire, which is Montez Sweat. That's my other guy. Perfect. I think I think we're seeing the Montez Sweat effect. And now, yeah. I, again, I know where this is against a very bad Panthers offense, but Montez Sweat did not record a sack in this game. But he had, I think, eight pressures, something like yep. that. So, so you know, you're seeing him play a higher snap percentage, which we knew he was going to get to eventually. Um, and he's having the impact on the game that you want a guy like that to have. And again, this is not adding TJ Watt. This is not adding a top three edge defender. But this is adding a premium player at a premium position. This is a very good player. And I think you can already see the dividends paying off because everybody else is just going to benefit, right? Like uh, Rushing Green got a sack. And it's one of those. I mean, this would probably be the only way that I would ever get a sack, right? It's like Rashim Green rushes off the edge. He's beat. But, you know, he realizes that the, the quarterback's going to flush and he just kind of hugs him down to the ground as, as uh, he, he enters his territory. So um, nothing that Rasheem Green did there to like, he didn't beat his man one on one. He didn't like, you know, have like a great move. He's just the beneficiary of the pressure flushing Stroud out and, and being smart and making the play when, when he had the opportunity. But um, he, everybody benefits, you know, and again, I don't want to I don't want to go too far back. But if you go back to the like the 80s lines the amount of pressures that were happening and then just like who was cleaning up sacks, like didn't always matter. Like Dent, you know, may have led the team in sacks, but there's pressure coming from everywhere. Right. Yep. And then it just is a matter of somewhat luck of, of who's going to clean up the sack when the quarterback's dancing around or when they're frozen in the headlights. And so that's why we talk about pressure so much. That's why we talk about these stats because everything trickles down off of that. So if your scheme doesn't care about pressure, which all of these people on Twitter are telling me that Eberflus's scheme doesn't need pressure. Um, I, I mean, I don't think that that's modern defense, right? Like this guy is the type of player that you need to make everybody else better. So you need more players like Montez Sweat. He's showing his impact. He gets my trench tribute. Yeah, it's a good pick. He was another guy I'd written down. You said no sacks. He also had no tackles. 
you know, but but his impact on this game was felt. You said he had the eight pressures according to the next gen stats. Um, the, the official stat count had him with three quarterback hits. You know, he, you see him on the field, you know where he is at all times, and that's exactly what the, the offense have to do too. Um, Justin Jones got a sack also, so did uh, uh, Ngakwe got a sack. And, you know, they talk about him as a multiplier. I mean, this is kind of what he can bring to a defense. You know, he is going to be a guy that will consistently get after the quarterback. And the Bears thought they had that in Ngakwe, but I think Sweat's the real deal. Absolutely. Let's move on to the world of Twitter that I, I'm still calling it Twitter. I'm not going to, I'm not going to acknowledge the other name. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to start off because I think mine is going to lead into yours. And so our, our friend Jacob Infante, he's at Jacob Infante 24. Um, and this is a clean tweet. Don't worry guys. You don't have to hide the children for this one. Uh, but the, the bears offensive line is improving and mostly healthy. DJ Moore, Cole Komet and Deontay Foreman are all playing well. Cole Herbert comes back soon. This will be the best supporting cast that Justin Fields has had in the NFL. It's time for him to step up and prove he's the guy. It's now. So a lot of conversation about what does Justin Fields have to do? What does Justin Fields have to do to prevent the Bears from using one of those top two picks on one of those top two, uh, a top two pick on one of those top two quarterbacks? And I think that, you know, we've, we've talked about this over the last few weeks and it's hard to see a scenario that would allow Justin Fields to remain the quarterback of the Chicago bears in 2024 and beyond. If the bears finish with one of the top two picks and that includes the Carolina pick, just because there's so much positive energy around those two quarterback prospects, they would almost certainly come in as better prospects than Justin Fields was when he came out. Um, there's plenty of work to do and, and games to be played and all that, but that's, that's the way it's looking. Uh, but I think that, you know, Jacob's got a pretty good point here is that this is probably the best that he'll, he will ever have in a Chicago bears uniform. This is the time for him to prove that he is a starting quarterback in the NFL, whether or not it's going to be for the bears or not. Um, here's his opportunity and it all just needs it all just needs to click for him. That's really yeah. what we're talking about here is that it, he can't really have any of those bad halves, bad games anymore. It all just has to play well here. And there's some tough opponents coming up. He's got to play that Minnesota blitzing defense, Brian Flores again. He's got it. He's got the Lions twice. He's got he's got the the Browns. That's the next four wow. games. That's a tough road for Justin Fields. But this is the best that this unit has looked for him to, to take those four opponents on. Yeah, he has a chance here to kind of show who he is, which it's kind of sad. I mean, so far into his career, you would hope by now we would know, but we don't know still. We don't know who Justin Fields is. He's had flashes. He had those two back-to-back games where he put up, you know, a ton of yards, ton of touchdowns. I think he still is, I think, like seventh in the league in touchdown passes, and he missed, what, four games? So, you know, he had some nice moments early on in the season. But like you said, this is his chance. I mean, I think he's playing for another job somewhere else. I don't see that any way the Bears keep him. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he comes out and just has just lights it up. I hope he comes out and proves and shows what he has, shows what he, what, what his, his upside is, you know, puts up a ton of yards, ton of touchdowns, ton of, ton of rushing yards. I, I just don't see it happening. You know, I just uh, – the, the the way things with the offense is with Luke Etsy, I, I don't trust the, the scheme. I don't trust him as a play caller. And I don't trust Justin Fields to to do the right thing at the right time because we haven't seen it consistently from him 
in the past. I want to be wrong because, like you, I, I like Justin Fields, but I just don't see it happen. I think they are going to move on at the end of the season, and it's uh, it's unfortunate. All right, what about you? What do you have this week? So for me, it's it's about Cole Komet here. Um, I, I had a tweet I tweeted out a few days ago. Um, I said there are so many Bears fans hyper-focused on sharing their thoughts on what Cole Komet can't do, and that was based on a a, a, a tweet from uh, uh, one of the analytic guys at Tej FB Analytics. He kind of shared the EPA. At the time, Cole Komet was fifth inside an EPA, which is the efficiency. I'm not sure what he is now because of what's uh, – Obviously, the Sunday games are played, but but a reply to that was Kurt at Kurt T Alert. Cole Komet is on pace for 78 catches, 710 yards, nine touchdowns, all career highs, having a great year. The knock on him before was he couldn't find the end zone. Clearly, they figured that out. Extending him was a big win. Fans are pissed. Some fans are pissed at the extension, you know, but that's just the price of of what you have to do when the guy is up for extension, if he's at, at a certain level, you got to pay him. C- could they have got a discount? Maybe they did get a discount. When it's all said and done, I think his contract will kind of look favorable, you know, in a couple of years here and some of the guys get paid, but he's fine. You know, so many bears fans are just mad at Cole Komet. I think part of it is he's a local kid. There's like this anti-local kid bias. Oh, they're just want they, you know, because some fans like him because he's local. So now I gotta be the anti guy. Oh, screw him because he's from from you know the the area. Same with Notre Dame. Some fans like him because he's from Notre Dame. So the other fans, okay, I'm mad because he's from Notre Dame. Then of course there's the Antoine Winfield stuff. We both wanted the safety. We got stuck with Cole Komet. It's in the past. It's over. Cole Komet is who he is. He is on pace for for an outstanding season. Is he targeted too much? Probably. Are there some holes in his game? Of course. Is he a great athlete? No. He's fine, though. He's he's a above-average NFL tight end. He's 24 years old. He's an okay football player. This team needs him right now, and he's he's giving this team what, what they need. So first of all, I just want to say, if Kurt is out there, we need to know if it's Kurt T. Alert or if it's Kurt Tallert. We need to know if if, uh, oh. if like Tallert's your last name. We just I just That's I just need I can, to know. I don't know um, because I like the Kurt T alert. This could be your alternate name. I'm just I'm just uh, I'm putting that out there. You know your superhero name or something. Put put you on high alert here. Uh, and then I I think that it's it's very funny. We, we you know we have uh, some some compatriots that you know we we speak to <laughs> regularly. And you and I when we went to camp a couple years ago and we were. Cole Komet was being featured. It was very clear that they wanted to make him a feature part of the offense. And, you know, we talked about it. it we talked about it openly and regularly. And people were kind of upset with it. Like, Cole Komet can't do that. They're not going to do that. We'll see. I mean, he's going to get the targets, right? And, and I think you remove Jimmy Graham from the offense. Remember when that was a thing? Um, and, and so those red zone targets are now opening up, right? And he so he's getting more of those. And he's converting them. And you want to... Uh, you want to say that you're not going to give him style points, you know, fine. I don't care about style points. Does he put it in the end zone or not? Right. Like he doesn't have to look great. He doesn't have to have the most separation in the league. You know, he's, he's converting his opportunities and and that's really what it comes down to. And like you said, expected points added per target, it really takes away some of that bias. Right. And so if, yeah, he's, he might be getting too many targets. If you have a legitimate, like, you know, high level number two, those targets will go down. So again, if the bears 
end up using one of those high draft picks on one of these superstar wide receivers that are sitting potentially in the draft, you might see his, his target share go down a little bit, but that's, that's fine. Then, then he becomes like a, a, a more interesting third option in the offense rather than maybe a, a second option that isn't, you know, all that dynamic, but even so he's done pretty well when he gets the ball, like he's had some yards after catch. Like, again, you don't need to win on style points. This isn't Olympic gymnastics with, with the judges holding up scores at the end. What matters is, does he get the ball in the end zone? Does he convert first downs? Does he, does he catch, uh, does he have a high catch percentage? And he's doing all those things. So, you know, lay off Cole Komet. He's fine. And the yeah. contract's fine. You know, our friend Brad Spielberg is like, yeah, he's already paying it off. Like, it's fine. Yeah. You know, and so unless you hear some experts, you know, that actually deal with contracts all the time say, yeah, this was just such an overpay by the Bears. And, you know, they're, you know, this was, this was a bad contract. I mean, don't worry about it. It's fine. Well, there, you know, there's the JTL Sullivan running gag where he's the, uh, he's an eligible off to tackle. And that's, that's just his thing. You know, he, he, cause he is not, he is not a class. Like these days, you think of tight ends, you think of the athletic, the move tight ends, the kills, the Kelsey, the Kittle, the Waller. That's what you think of when you think of tight ends. He's a kind of a throwback. And in this offense, that works. You know, if, if, you know, he's not, you know, he's not running down the seam, you know, for, for you know, these, these deep passes. He's the guy sneaking out in the flat. He's the guy curling up in the zone. Our guy Robert Schmidt's talked about it before. If he can be one of these careers where you just go and find a soft spot in the zone, turn around, make yourself available, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that in this day and age. And I think that, uh, you know, right now, I'm not sure how the Pro Bowl works. You know, I don't really pay attention to it that much. But he's like third in the NFC in like, in like catches and yards, touchdowns. He's like, he's in the Pro Bowl convo. In the NFC, a tight end, which is weird. I, I never thought he'd kind of be that, but at the end of the year, these numbers are going to be what they are, and he may make it. I'm, well, I'm not sure. Is it flag football? What is it? A skills competition? I'm not even sure what the Pro Bowl is anymore. And definitely, they did uh, some sort of skills competition, so okay. I'm sure it'll be something like that, which I like. I, I, I don't need the yeah. game. The you game know, sucks. I, yeah. I look. I grew up in an era with the QB challenge, and I would oh, okay. watch. Old epi- I would watch old episodes of the quarterback challenge now. Okay. Like that was a that was an incredible event. Like the distance throw, the read and recognition, the the miles per know, hour decision passing. You know what? They don't have miles per hour. You okay. know, you can pitch that as an ad, and then you can see how Tyson Bajan does. Oh, like, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's 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 you know, let's move off of velocity and let's talk about uh stats caught up in a numbers game. Um, I'll go first. My number this week is 39.3%. And that is the, the chance that ESPN gives nice. the Panthers pick to be number one overall. That is a, that's a pretty high number. Uh, and, and that's pretty impressive. The, the Cardinals win really changed the, the dynamics at the top. There was kind of a three-way virtual tie at the top between the Giants pick, the the Panthers pick, which is the Bears, obviously, and, and the Cardinals pick. You know, the Cardinals win; they they fall all the way down to like twelve percent, and the Giants and the the car uh, the Panthers pick jumped up to like the thirty nine percent area. So if you take that one step further, and it's not quite adding them together, but if you um, want to say, well, what's the chance that the Panthers pick is going to be a top two pick, which would be again in that quarterback range. I think you're north of 75% chance yeah. at this point. It's, it's pretty high. And so it, this, this was a, that was a really big win 
for for Arizona. You know, if you're a Bears fan, um, Arizona's going to be better. Like they've shown signs of life, and Kyler Murray came back here, and so so that's it's starting to look a little bit more real. That and again, you got eight games left, a lot can change, but it's starting to look a little bit more real that this Panthers pick really could pay off in the top two territory. I saw your tweet this weekend talking about teams that Bears fans should root for. And so yeah. someone kind of came at you like, you know, oh yeah. Is this what you're yeah. I'm like, what what? This is what you're doing now is rooting for loss. You know, yeah, you're not rooting for Bears loss, you're rooting for losses of the Panthers and draft positioning because the Panthers stink. Bryce Young is not he looked bad. I mean, if you look at this last game with Bajan and Young and and you and, and you didn't know who they were going into it, you would assume that that. Bajan was the draft pick and Young was the undrafted free agent because they just look bad. If they both were bad out there, um, the Cardinals are much better now with Kyler Murray back, with James Conner back at running back. They're not going to be a horrible team. The Giants stink. The Giants are pretty bad. But I think at some point they're going to pull DeVito and they're going to go with Matt Barkley. And that, you know, he, he's no he's no world beater at all, but he's much better quarterback. Than, than Danny DeVito is. What's his first name? Tommy, Tommy. DeVito? Tommy, it doesn't Danny. matter. What's the difference? Matter. He's not going to be in the league very much longer. And then, of course, the Patriots. Matt Jones is bad this year, but, you know, we were talking a little early in the pre-show. I don't think Bill Belichick is going to let them, you know, keep losing. Something will happen. They'll, they'll luck in a few wins here. It's going to be the Panthers. They're going to pick number one overall, and it's going to be the Bears, uh, the Bears' choice. I think it's it's so fantastic. It's such a wonderful storyline to follow. I mean, particularly after I write a parody article about how I hate the Panthers. Uh, you know, <laughs> Panther and I wish fans them- came at you. Oh, oh they were they were oh man. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. So I can't wait for the follow up article to the I hate the Panthers. Uh, you know, where I where I say I don't I no longer hate the Panthers. Um, yeah, that'll be coming at some point. But yeah, they got they got to complete the deal. There's you know they they've got another eight games and hopefully they lose them all. You know, and and secure that number one pick for the Bears. But what about you? Uh, stats for you. My number this week is the number seven. Uh, the Bears had seven penalties for 44 yards, and that's also the seventh time this season that the Bears were penalized more than their opponent. Wow. Last year, it happened six times total. So they've already uh, eclipsed it. I, I, I'm not sure the, the total numbers yet after Sunday's games, but I know they were one or two in total penalties this year. And this has been a, a recurring theme we've talked about quite a bit. The, the discipline from Eberflus's bunch is uh, not where it was a year ago. Uh, that Hitt's philosophy has kind of taken a turn, and you know they're very they're they're much more penalized now than they were a year ago. Can I can I ask you a question? Yeah, <laughs> it's probably not great on live live. The 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 meme that's going around with the hits, and then like the T is not takeaways, but it just says the ball. Where did that come from? Do <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I haven't seen that one. I've seen that, like all over it. where maybe someone in the comments will know and, and we'll we'll share that. But there's there's a there's a meme going around and like the, the hits, you know, H for hustle, I for intensity, and T is supposed to be takeaways. And then there's a bunch of people that just says the ball. And I like have no idea what the joke is. And I probably shouldn't admit that on I should probably ask behind the scenes, but yeah, I, I don't we'll know what the joke is. I don't know where it comes from. So uh anyway, no, no one no one has chimed in quite yet, but um yeah, I think that it just comes down to you. Again, this is part of the criticism of of Matt Eberflus and, and his coaching is this year is just it's off the rails. Like it it's is. like the coaches that have been dismissed. And again, like we don't know the full stories, but like still like two coaches that you're going to lose. And you brought those guys in the you know, the, you know, I was 
listening to uh, Diana Rossini, the athletic insider, and she's was talking about how she had, uh, uh, I don't know when this, this came out a few weeks ago, but I just caught it recently. Um, but she was talking to Todd Bowles after the Bears game. And Bowles was like shocked that the 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 Bears offense was do, not doing what they were successful at last. They were preparing for them to uh, do what they did last year with with Justin Fields and and he, you know t- the way that he talked about this dynamic, very difficult to stop, like you know all these like very kind things. He's like, you know, I watched the Week One film and I was like, well, that's just Week One. That was like it's an aberration. Like they they clearly just didn't have things figured, you know, whatever that happens sometimes in the NFL, we're going to throw that film away. We're going to focus on what they were doing last year, because that's clearly what they're going to get to. And then they don't, right. That's happening on Everflus's watch. Like that, that all comes back to the head coach. And then obviously this, the incredibly slow start from the defense, like all this stuff is what we're talking about. But even with that poor play, you're supposed to be the hits guy. And so you have to have like what you say you're good at, your culture builder and your hits guy. None of that is happening. And that that yeah. to me, like, y- y- you know, you can't do the basic thing that you're supposed to do. That is really open for criticism. The defense has improved quite a bit here the last few weeks. You know, they're coming around. But but overall, like, yeah, it's just not a uh, this season been a big disappointment. The gutsy experiment is uh, it's not working. You know, it's just they've taken Justin Fields from the quarterback that was top hundred NFL player last year, voted by his peers. And then now this year, he's just, you know, who knows what he is, but we'll see what happens here. You know, now, now he had a chance to, uh, you know, kind of the offense is, is, is what it is now. They had the badging experience, which will lead us up uh, us into our, our Bajent report. So uh, do you want to go ahead and get that kicked off here? Or do you got one more for the numbers? I will. I just want to, I just want to share that in the comments, uh, there, these uh, our commenters, which thank you for chiming in, and I appreciate it. They're saying that the that Everfoos changed it, that he's not that T, T is not for takeaways. He changed it to the ball, and it's from one of those videos on the Bears website, which I clearly missed. Uh, you know that nineteen the nineteen twenty drive or yeah, yeah. whatever that that is. Um, and he he's saying that that's uh, that's actually what he changed it to because he wanted it to be both. Off, but offense, again, defense, protect again, the ball. Takeaway just means like when you're on offense, don't give the ball away. Like, I mean, I think yeah. that would be that. So now it's even more so that I don't like this because you've changed it to something very dumb. The, <laughs> the, that doesn't make any sense at all. No, I don't like that. That's, that's bad. Two thumbs down to Matt Everflues on changing takeaways to the ball. So, all right, we'll move on to the Bayesian report. Tyson Bajan, 20 of 33, 162 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, a 4.9 yards per attempt. That is a, v- a very low number, not, not particularly impressive. Uh, that's good for a 73 uh, quarterback rating, which is not very high when you don't throw an interception. You get full points on the interception yep. quadrant there, um, but but you're not getting much. You're not getting anything from touchdown percentage, uh, and your yards per attempt is, is very low as well. So, uh, again, that's it's just it's a – I think it's not even a pedestrian day. It's 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 kind of below that, but it yes. but it lacked the giveaways. So I guess there's that. Um, otherwise, like what were what were your thoughts on on the Bayesian performance from Thursday? He protected the ball, which is the hits philosophy of the ball there. So that, that's good the for ball. Bajan. The ball. So that's good. I mean, when I watched it live, I was disappointed in, in, in the game. You know, I was just not a fun game to watch. And then when I did the rewatch, I'm like, okay, 
the the game plan wasn't as bad as I thought it was on the on, on the first watch. But Bajan missed a lot of throws. Um, him and Young both were just you know they were they're throwing it in the dirt. There were sailing balls. There were just some stuff Bajan did was doing because because of who he is. I mean, his arm strength is allowing him to make some of these plays. Uh, some of the stuff just wasn't there. Yeah, he was getting the ball out quick. He was smart with it. I thought his pocket presence is good. I mean, there was a, a couple plays there where he kind of, you know, he, he kept plays alive. He had his eyes downfield. There was that one play where the guy swatted at it, and he kept it, and he, he ended up making a play. You know, no sacks this week, which was outstanding. I'm not sure what I'm going to do for sack watch. I might just, you know, just dial it in and do nothing because, you know, I need I need, I need a day off. But uh, who knows? It's um, – I don't think he'll play again uh, this week. I think they're going to go back to fields because of the thumb. I think is better, but Bajan is who he is. This is who we expect him to be. He's fine. He's a QB two type player at this point in his career, and that's uh, I was fine with this game. You know, he, he just I don't have high expectations on an undrafted free agent. Some people, some local media guys, were like ready. You know, as soon as as soon as he had his chance, it was front page on 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 the on the on the, the newspaper. Agent of change. Agent of change. Like, what are we doing? Let's let's let this kid play. And we were both kind of balanced. We're like, no, nah, let's just wait and see. And uh, he is who we who we thought he would be. Yeah, I was. I we were talking before we we hit live. I was listening to some stuff uh, this week and was listening to JT O'Sullivan, not on his podcast, but uh, he was on a different podcast or not on his YouTube, but on a different podcast. And uh, the, the interviewer was was asking him questions specific to Tyson Bajan and and his arm strength, and he mentioned like, "Look, I you know this is TJ uh, or JT O'Sullivan JT. saying, look, I I was a Division two guy, you know, and that." it hurts me to say this, but you know, all of the division one teams passed on me and the, why did they pass on me? Well, it's because of my arm and I don't have the arm that these other guys have. He's the same way. Like the, there's a reason why all of these division one schools passed on him. And, and it comes back to, to that arm strength, that arm talent. Now you can still be successful given everything else, but there are certain throws that are not available to him. And there are certain, you know, turn downs that he's going to have in, in his game because he doesn't trust his arm to be able to get it there. And we've seen when he does try to do that, that he throws that in harm's way and it's either taken advantage of, or, you know, he gets lucky to have that not be intercepted. And so he, yes, he can be successful, but he, you know, there's, there's, there's a reason why scouts and, and people that talk about this in the draft, they, they really do want to see that arm talent. And it's because it gives you the ability to, to make some mistakes, but have them not be giveaways. If he makes a mistake, it's going to be intercepted. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's really kind of what it comes down. So he has to play a perfect game. And a guy like Gardner Menchu can play a perfect game from time to time and look great. Right. And so, so that is sort of the model that I think he could go down. Um, but there's only so many teams that you're going to beat if you're not perfect. They just happen to play probably the one team that they could beat with, you know, without being perfect. Right. I mean, maybe they could have beat the giants with that performance, but it's just, it really limits your ceiling. It limits your upside unless everything else is going perfect. And if you have like a, you know, a dynamite run game and you got a great defense and you just need a guy to just kind of not mess up. That's not really where the bears are at. Right. And you can only beat a few teams with, with that kind of effort. But again, you, you hope that he continues to, to improve and, 
this is probably the you know it for him this year. You'd hope that Fields can come back and, and be healthy and, and play out the string. So uh, interesting to have this experience and and see you know what what he can do. He's put a lot of tape out there, and and let's hope for his sake that he's able to continue to you know pursue that NFL career. Yeah, I like him. I mean, if if whatever happens to Fields, I think Bajan's going to be in Chicago for a couple of years. You know, no matter who the OC is next season. I think Bajan's going to be sticking around somehow, some way, because cheap, under contract, UDFA, that's a great asset to have. And, you know, you don't have to go spend a ton of money somewhere else. So I think he's, I think he'll probably outlast Fields. I, so I think that they would still opt to bring in a veteran. Yeah. Because they would need a veteran to be, to, to pair with a rookie. And yeah. so, and so I, I could see that, but, but I think because of that emergency quarterback situation where you can now keep three, but you can, you can sit one, and then, but then they come in if the top two guys are hurt, right? Like that, that new rule this year, I think that actually allows him to maybe stick on the bears and it's, it's a very cheap contract that I'm sure he signed. So they're going to, you know, be able to continue to keep him in that role. But I think if they, if they draft a rookie, they're going to bring in a, a guy that's been around yeah. knows it. Not that they're going to play that guy, but they're going to want him in there for, for to be in the quarterback room. And so I could see the pecking order being Bajan maybe being the three next year if he's brought back. So that, that's that's my prediction. They go that direction. Can you imagine if uh, they trade Fields and Bajant? Bears fans will lose their mind if that happens. But that, that would be – I mean, if, if you move on from Fields, I bet you can get something for Bajan, a draft pick. Maybe. And they, they may do it. I, don't know. I think they keep him as a three. That's that's my prediction. Yes. Okay. So. I like it. All right. Quick break. On the other side of this, we'll do everybody's favorite segment, the three bears. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, Lester, three bears, hot bowl of porridge, cold bowl of porridge, and just right. Who did you have for your hot bowl of porridge this week? I'm going to go with uh, Kyler Gordon this week. I thought he had a really nice game. Watching it live, he was all over the place. You know, he he popped. He would do making a lot of plays. Um, you know, he played the entire game. He played all, all 60 snaps. The Bears stayed in nickel the whole game. He had eight tackles, two tackles for loss. He had a pass defense. The pro football focus had him down for uh, – being targeted nine times, allowing five catches, but for just 26 yards. So Kyler Gordon last year was rough. His tape was rough last year. He kind of found some towards the end of the season, but that's kind of where I see Tyreek Stevenson. You know, he's he's had some rough moments this year as a rookie, but rookie corners stink. We talk about it all the time. They need time to develop. 
yeah, some guys come in day one and are just studs. Uh, I think uh, Porter Jr. is having a really nice year, but you know, most rookie corners struggle. It's just, uh, it's just the name of the game. And here, Kyler Gordon is year two, and he's uh, he looks definitely like a keeper. And that's who I had as well. I, I yeah. think I actually don't think there's another answer. I mean, I, I really don't think you can even twist a little bit. I mean, I could maybe get another guy, but I have him for just right. So I think I'm just going to stick with it. I'm going to double up on Gordon because like you said, he was all over the field. You're starting to see, you know, what a healthy Kyler Gordon can do. Never judge a corner in his rookie year. I mean, like if if they're awesome, then like you got a guy like that. That's great. They can pop, you know, like, you know, sauce Gardner. Okay. Yeah. Great. You, You spent a huge high pick on him and he's awesome. Totally makes sense. But for the most part, like it's, it's very difficult to have a corner come in play well early. I think they put a lot on his plate, but you are seeing uh, a, a guy that the bears are going to be counting on for, for years to come because he's super athletic and he's making plays all over the field, like make a play in the backfield, one play. And then he's, he's making a, a pass defense uh, down the field, you know, on a go route the next play. Like that's pretty cool. Like that's a guy yeah. that's just all over the field. So um, I'm going to agree with you and double up there. What about on the other side of it? Cold bowl of porridge. A couple of places to go here, even though it's a Bears victory. This this is not a this was not a clean game by any stretch of the imagination. You know, this one hurts a little bit because we have been such a pro special teams uh podcast here, but I gotta go with Chicago's punt team. Yep. You know, they allowed a punt return for a touchdown. Uh, but on the year, they have allowed the most return yards in the NFL at 294, which is one reason why Trenton Gill's net average is, is so low. Um, it's not just Gill when I say the punt team. I mean, he can probably do a little better with some hang time stuff. Um, but just overall, the they're not in their lanes. I know, uh, you know, you guys talked about it on the post game show a little bit because Bill had a chance to talk to Pat Manley and uh, just he wasn't pleased with what some of the stuff he saw out of the punt return or the punt team, you know, prior to this last game. And then, of course, this game, they give a big seven, uh, 74 yard return to. Uh, former Chicago Bear Smith Marset, which stung even more because what is this guy even doing in the league still? Just here to terrorize the Bears. I mean, Smith Marset helped with the tank last year, you know, so Bears legend, right? But, but I think that what is interesting about the Gill thing is that I knew we were going to talk about punting coming into that game. Like Bill and I have gone back and forth in DMs a little bit about Trenton Gill, and so I knew we were going to talk about it. And then he, there's the punt return touchdown. And then there's the shank. And I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I don't remember the last time he shanked one. And and here he is shanking one on the night that I'm doing the post game, And I know I'm going to have to talk about it. Yeah. He also had maybe his best punt of the year. Right? Yeah. You know, like he had a boomer and like, I mean, just just killed it. And then he had, you know, one of Bill's criticisms of Gill is that he doesn't attack, uh, you know, the pin like and. and Gill seems to do a really good job of basically aiming for like the eight or nine yard line. That's just what it seems like. He's just, he's aiming for like just inside the 10 and he was constantly like forcing the like fair catches around the 10 yard line. Right. And, but he's not getting them inside the five, which is a different, like there's a big difference. If you can pin a guy inside the five, than than inside the 10, you might not think so, but there's also more risk because you're you're going to risk a touchback if you kick it a little long, or it bounces and it doesn't, you know, s- s- you know, squib sideways like like they're like you're trying to get on that spin. But he kicked, he had a touchback too, so he had definitely, I think, probably the worst game that he's had in, I think, probably his career. Where he's, yeah, you know, got a return touchdown. That's that's bad enough. 
He shanked one. That's terrible. Both of those in a game is terrible. And then you had a touchback. Like that's that's three big no-nos. And you had only had one like really good punt. So yeah, that's a tough one. And then the the coverage unit's not good. Like the, it just has not been not been good. They've been cycling guys in and out, right? I mean, like, you know, you, you've seen Valus Jones in that spot. And he got called for a penalty, you know, last week or the week before, or whatever. And, um, you know, you can't, you can't have that. Like, you can't be, you can't be called for a penalty as the gunner, like that. I mean, just like you can't. That's just unacceptable. So, that needs to be cleaned up, absolutely, one hundred percent. I had that written down as well. I also wanted to say, like, having a first and thirty as a defense and giving up a first down. Oh, jeez, um, that is. That is yeah. a cold bowl of porridge. Somebody, somebody has to eat that. That's that's rough. I've never seen that. I'm sure it's happened, but like it's not coming to my memory that because first and thirty hardly ever happens. But um, to 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 give up a first down after that was just really sad, pathetic, and it kind of felt like they just went uber conservative, right? Like they just got out of their game and they let them, you know, they just let them get the chunk yardage. And there was a penalty in there, which again kind of goes to that hits philosophy and all that. Uh, but I, I'm actually going to give it to Brisker. Oh, thought, okay. I, I thought I thought Brisker missed a missed a couple tackles, you know, uh, a little loose in in coverage, and uh, you know, it, Brisker talks a big game. He's in in he he certainly has had some good moments, but the consistency isn't there. And we talked about it a little bit on the post game. I think Brisker's really up and down. He's a little bit more of a roller coaster. And I think that we were hoping for more of a Adrian Amos like steady presence next to Eddie Jackson, and I think we're getting sort of more of an eddie jackson like we're getting high you know like well we haven't really necessarily had the high highs but you know we're getting that like roller coaster where you see sort of these really bad negative plays and and you know you're seeing some good positive plays mixed in but um more consistency out of him i think is is important and i i think he had a rough game overall i i gotta tell you that this is the ferret that you hear making noise behind me so i didn't hear any noise okay you did not have to admit that you had a ferret the goddamn fair just will not shut its mouth. He keeps hopping around. So if, if you hear that on, on the video or the pod, that's what's going on here. So, yeah, as far as Brisker goes, he had a nice promising rookie season at safety. And then this year, a lot of injuries, you know, a lot of in and out of the offense, a lot of uh, in and out of the lineup. Maybe that has something to do with his progression this year and year two. But, you know, he, he needs to, to, to kind of get things settled down here and get, get things figured out. Just right. What do you have for the just right? I talked on it earlier, and I'm going to go to rookie corner Tyreek Stevenson because he had a game like rookies expect. He had three tackles, one pass breakup. Um, he, he got called for a penalty. You know, uh, and in the game, Pro Football focused set him down for allowing two receptions uh, for on six targets, just 13 yards. He had a nice game, you know. And and after seeing him kind of struggle earlier on, this is probably one of his better games. But as a rookie corner, we expect that we expect the highs and lows. This was a a pretty good game from him, but you know, hopefully as he can kind of the year progresses, he'll kind of do what Kyler Gordon did and more of the good will start showing up here late, later in the season. Almost had a pick. Probably should have yeah. had a pick. Should have had a pick. Know, yep. Right in his hands. Same thing with Gordon, by the way, we, we gave him the hot bowl, but man, he yeah. could have closed that thing out, had a pick six right there. Just needed to kind of like look up and get the ball, but just, I think just kind of misplayed it, mistimed it. Uh, but, but yeah, that was this close to being a pick six and, you know, uh, Young's been giving those away lately. So that would have been a fun and nice thing for that defense to be able to have uh, for me. And I, I know we talk about kicking game a lot. Not everybody's into the kicking game, but, but Cairo Santos, man, like, and, and, you know, three for Money. three, yep. including hitting that 49 yarder that then had a Cody Whitehair false start. 
that pushed him back to a 54 yarder and then he nails the 54 yarder and they show his face after like they they cut to him and he's just like oh man like like come on like what why 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 did you make me have to kick that again five yards deeper but he nailed it right and so uh, he's just been really good this year and uh you know it just even seems like he was good last year but it seems like he's just been really great this year like i don't know what the other nfc kickers necessarily what their stats are but like we talked about the pro bowl earlier i don't think it's crazy to think that this guy could be a pro bowl kicker given his numbers yeah we'll have to check into that because he i think he only has the one miss on the year that was the the one doink he had so you know even that was right there he could have been made so yeah he's been really good this year he's been kicking it deep on his kickoffs of course, they changed the way uh, where you kick from, but even even so, he never had this many touchbacks in his career till this year. So he's doing a good job. You know, his, his leg strength has improved. His accuracy is there. He's still currently the most accurate field goal kicker in Bears history. He has uh, passed Robbie Gold a couple years back, and he's kind of held on to that. He's just – he's that guy. He, he's good. He's a good kicker. I'd like to see the Bears re-sign him. Wow, I did not know he passed Robbie. So Robbie's very accurate kicker. So, uh, all right. Anything that you want to cover before we turn it over to the YouTube, which is hot tonight? I mean, I think we're over 100 comments already. So uh, I'm I'm sure there's some fun arguments going on in the the comments that we'll get to here in a minute. But before we check out for the podcast, anything you want to cover? This has been nice. I mean, three wins here in the last six, which is, you know, they've equaled last year's, you know, win total. So that's nice. But these next four games you talk about, they're going to be tough. You know, I would not be surprised to see the Bears lose their next four, which is, of course, going to start the whole Fields versus Bajan drama again. You know, who knows what happened with Matt Eberflus. The Bears are not going to hire fire someone midseason. It's just not happening. Um, it's just not what they do. So it's going to be an interesting next four weeks here to see what happens. If they can pull out any wins, I would be surprised. It's going to be tough. Three of those next, uh, the next three opponents are divisional opponents. You double up with the Lions and you have the Vikings. And I was going through and looking at since the new divisional format and what Bears coaches are. So so just the the formation of the NFC North, not the NFC Central, right? So you go back to 2002. Dick Duron was four and eight against divisional opponents. Uh, Lovey Smith, again, not overall in his in Jaron's career, but just since the NFC North. Uh, Lovey Smith was 32 and 22 in, in the regular season. Mark Tressman was three and nine in his two years. Uh, Fox was three and 15. Yikes. Uh, Nagy was 13 and 11. So he had a winning record. And uh, Maddie Refluce is 0 and 8. That's so, fun. yeah. So he would have to go. <laughs> three and one in these last four divisional games to match Mark, Mark Trussman's two year mark. Um, so, you know, good times. You know, if you want to talk about matching, matching bad marks, we talk about Abe Gibran's uh, two, seven, four winning percentage. Iberflus is going to have to go, uh, seven and 10. Yeah. He has to win four more games. Yep. Terrible. It's not happening. He's going to be the worst coach in, in Chicago Bears history through two years. And Ryan Pohl's going to retain him. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I have my doubts. I don't know what's going to happen with this team. The clown it's going to be tough. The McCaskey. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but we'll be here with you yes. as, as this drama continues. So tune in next week at same time, six o'clock central. Uh, and we will talk about the bears and lions and hopefully it's a better result than what the odds makers think it will be.
Till next time. I doubt it. <laughs> Till next time. Bear down.